Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Jermaine Johnson tuning in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody, welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host Will Parkinson at Will Pilot on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Joined by uh, I think third time on the guest. We're both fresh off a, uh, a Yankee series win against the Phillies. John Dostromsky, John, how are we doing today? I'm surviving. Will we just got back from five days in Las Vegas yesterday from the uh, way too early bachelor party, but my voice has returned. My energy is slowly but surely returning. Uh, I missed the morning wake up yet again today, but. You know, we'll get there, bro. We'll get there. It's good seeing you once again now. Yeah, no, of course. I uh, appreciate you taking some time. It's funny. I listened to the pod. I guess that was Sunday night. You did a pod fresh off the Yankees uh, the Yankees win. And I was like, I don't know how he's pushing through on this. This is, I know I texted you earlier in the weekend and you're like, yeah, I'm going to try to knock one out Sunday morning. And then I heard your voice on it. I was like, I'm impressed. It was bad you. news, dude. Listen, it was bad news. I sounded like Doc Rivers when he does those like sideline interviews where he's just super, super a horse. I felt it Saturday night. We left stadium swim. I'm on a craps table and I'm like, you know, getting into it, hooting and hollering. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> it's gone. You know, it felt like your superpower was taken away from you. I know. It's, uh, and then for the fact that a lot of your, uh, well, you make a lot of money off your voice. So, you know, it's kind of important to have that. Um, shades of Michael K pre, uh, Free where he's just absence where he just cut a home run and just couldn't get it out. Um, I want to obviously we'll talk, we'll do a little baseball at the end. Obviously, some interesting stuff in the Mets and the Yankees uh over the first six days or seven days here. I want to talk a little Rogers. Obviously, we talk Rogers on the show every single day, and everyone talks it out everywhere. There's a lot of bullshit getting thrown around in the last 24, 48 hours. I think people are getting a little a little bored on some sides, a little impatient. What do you make of what's going on here? Because we're three, three and a half weeks removed from I intend to play for the Jets. And now it's kind of, we're just, nothing's happening. Um, what do you make of, honestly, everything kind of going on right now? Uh, I think you nailed it. I definitely think there is a sense of boredom from folks in the media, just because Aaron Rodgers has not officially been announced. He hasn't held up that Jet jersey, whether or not he's going to wear Joe Willie's number 12 remains to be seen but I, I think will people want instant gratification they want the answer and until they get the answer listen you could throw anything out there oh uh you know maybe Aaron doesn't want to play for the Jets maybe Aaron wants to do this maybe Aaron wants to do that here's what we know the Packers at some point are going to want compensation the Jets at some point are going to want a quarterback now what will be interesting to me is if they don't get this officially done by the draft, well, then what does it look like? I'm kind of at the point where if it's not done by the draft, then it's going to be like, all right, well, what's going on here? You would figure the Packers would want at least one draft pick this year. 
to go and help out their young quarterback in Jordan Love. I think they're very aware of the fact that Aaron Rodgers will never play another game for them ever again. So let's get to the draft. Like, I, I know everybody's all worked up. I know there's going to be some sense of Jeff fans that uh, are like, come on, man, don't do this to me. Don't break my heart. Calm down. He'll be a jet. Uh, I heard he's looking at apartments in like Jersey City or Hoboken anyway. So like, let's, uh, let, let's cool the Jets. No pun intended. He's going to be here. Yeah, no, like I, I think uh, I I just I'd put any amount of money um, on the fact that he's going to be a Jet. I think there's just too much there. I know everyone got on Joe Douglas a little bit last week. Hey, you know, why did you say you're not pursuing Lamar? That's an entire mess in itself. The Ravens press conference, if you want a good laugh of being dysfunctional for a first time I've seen in a long time. That was embarrassing by the Ravens, by the way, making a reporter not ask a question about quarterback uh, when they currently don't have one on the roster. But that said, I think the Jets know they're working with Rodgers of, hey, they're in, there's no way they're not in contact. There's no way they're not, hey, you know, I like these guys. I don't like these guys. You know, what do you want us to do here? And I feel like Rodgers is like, stand your ground. Do not give them anything. And I, I think, you know, the Jets are purposely not saying anything. Rodgers doesn't really operate that way. He doesn't want you to be leaking stuff out. And um, the Packers have been very leaky, to say the least, uh, you know, over the last, I would say, 72 hours, 96 hours or so. Well, and I think they're probably getting antsy too. I, I think they want this done. They they know Aaron Rodgers is leaving on very, very bad terms. Like, it, what's weird about the whole situation, Will, is that from Green Bay's perspective, which we don't spend a lot of time talking about around here, they had the chance last year. Queen break. Aaron Rodgers could have been a Denver Bronco. Hackett took over that team. He was clearly their number one choice at quarterback. And it was like the Packers had cold feet because Aaron Rodgers was coming off an MVP season. They were a one seed in back-to-back years. And I think they said, let's make one more run at this. They did. It did not work out uh, for a variety of different reasons. They was Adams. Rodgers clearly wasn't as good. Got off to a bad start, whatever the case may be. But now it's like they're in this, this, this like holding pattern in this mess. It's like, don't you want to be done with this already? Like if I were the Packers, I'd be like, we now have reached a point of no return. Let's just be done with this. I don't need the headache. So, listen, it's it's a weird situation, though. Let's be honest. The two quarterback situations, totally different, much varying degrees of circumstantial differences between the Ravens and what they got going on with Jackson, the Packers and what they have going on with Rodgers. But wild, what, it's April the 5th? and both of these situations are not officially settled, want to put my money on that. Yeah, no, you mentioned a good thing there. I, I've said it for a while. The the Packers last year half blew it up, and there's nothing worse in sports, as we all know. I'm a Nets fan. The Nets, you know, this year had to blow it up, but they kind of have, have half blown it up in the past, and the Jets have half blown it up. The Yankees half blew it up in, in other times. It felt like and it, doesn't, it just doesn't work. You either got to go for it, blowing it up, or you don't. And you trade Adams – and then you draft a bunch of defensive guys who are old Georgia players, then whatever. It doesn't work, but now you don't get you're gonna get a quarter of the compensation. The Seahawks ended up benefiting better probably than anybody, the Seahawks and maybe the Jets, which is funny enough. But yeah, like this whole situation, I think they both, you know, by draft day, you'd like to see them get resolved. From the Jets' point of view, again, yes, does it make sense for the Packers in a sense to hold on to them for a long time? The dead cap hit and all this different stuff. If they want a 2023 asset. There is, we have 22 days. They had to, they got to figure it out. And if they don't, then yes, maybe the pressure reverts back to the Jets. But at this point, 
if you get the Jets, you still get Rodgers and you keep three top 43 picks, we're probably talking about a team that's contending with Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami, um, you know, Cincinnati. So I guess I want to transition from that perspective. What's the ceiling and kind of the expectation in your mind if they acquire Rodgers? Obviously, we don't know what draft picks they're going to keep, so it's a little hard to determine there. And we don't know exactly who they may sign. It seems like Odell is kind of uh, as soon as Rodgers gets announced, Odell gets announced and all that type of stuff. What's the ceiling, though, for this team? Because I haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. I know Joe V was on your show saying if they don't win a Super Bowl, it's a failure. I'm not prepared to go that far just because things happen. If they lose to Mahomes, they lose to Mahomes. That said, I'm sorry. They got to be competing for a division title next year if they have Aaron Rodgers in the building. And they haven't hosted a home playoff game in 20 years. There's no better time to do it than next year. What's uh, What are your expectations going to be like, obviously, at least on paper for right now? Bare minimum, got to get to the playoffs. Year one, no ifs, ands, or buts. We got to be talking about the Jets ending that decade-plus postseason drought. I think winning a playoff game makes it a successful season. I'm not going to say making the playoffs makes it a successful season. Winning a playoff game and getting to the divisional round, all of a sudden then, all right, you have reestablished the Jets as a franchise once again. They are now no longer the butt of all jokes. They are no longer a laughing stock. They are back to being a legitimate NFL franchise. I, I agree. I think they could win the division. I, I think the problem is, well, there are two other teams that also could say, hey, we think we can win the division. So, like, the betting odds will probably be Buffalo, Jets slightly ahead of Miami. I think that's what they are right now. But, like, if you tell me any of those three teams win the division, I'm not going to be surprised. And I'll take it a step further. My expectation next year, and I know this is tough when you have three teams in the same division, but I think we're talking about three playoff teams in Buffalo, the Jets, and Miami. I I think for the next two years, look, I'm not going to say it's Super Bowl or bust, but you have to be a legitimate contender to the point where, all right, Rodgers comes to a close. The Jets are back to being a factor then what's next? Super Bowl, getting there, all gravy. It'd be amazing storyline. It'd be amazing content. But I think we got to be real about where the franchise has been over the last 10, 11, 12 years. Case closed. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the same page here. I think, you know, obviously kind of want to ask you about the Dolphins quickly as a, as a Dolphins fan. But this division is a little interesting on paper. It feels like Buffalo is going to regress. And I don't know if it's because last year they looked a little bit more mortal than they have in years past another year they've gotten like worse and worse in the playoffs it feels like they lose earlier and earlier and obviously they kind of it feels like they hit their peak and their window where josh was on rookie money and Diggs hadn't gotten paid yet and like they should have beaten kansas city twice they didn't beat him either time and they obviously got smoked by cincinnati that game they could have lost by 40 and it's like they're starting to lose some pieces von miller's coming off an acl who knows when he's going to play i got to talk to him at the combine like yeah i'm going to be ready yeah okay um we all know how that goes um, but look at Miami's interesting. I think their two most important pieces are Armstead and Tua, and they're the two most injury prone guys. Cause when these guys both play, they pretty much win every game when they don't. And one of the two are both on play. Their offensive line's not as good, obviously. And when they have a backup quarterback, as much as Skylar Thompson, you know, honestly didn't look horrific against the bills. Uh, you know, it's not the same thing. So I, I just think the Bills, it feels like they're going to take a little bit of a step back. I feel like the Patriots are going to be atrocious. Um, I know they'll probably win six or seven games because that's what Bill does. He can eke out some wins. 
I think all three of those AFC's teams are looking, can we, you know, can we sweep New England? Like whoever drops that stupid game in New England where the Patriots kind of Patriot their way against the Jets or the Bills or the Dolphins, I think that's the team that, you know, probably finishes in third. And whoever stays healthy at quarterback, right? Like Josh Allen's never hurt. Um, even last year, didn't miss any time. Rodgers has never hurt and two has always hurt. Something's got to break or give here. So um, if right now you had to rank it, like you, you probably would go Buffalo, Miami, the Jets, just based on, you know, a little bit of a track record here. Cause we don't, again, we don't know what the jets are fully going to finish and like as a finished product look like. Yeah. I, I would say that for now, um, I easily could move Miami ahead of Buffalo. I easily could move the jets ahead of both of these teams. I, I really think, will it's one, one, a one B and I'm not trying to cop out and give you that like lame answer, but it's reality because Buffalo loses a guy like Edmonds, who's a heart and soul guy on the defense. Now they're going to get Micah Hyde back, but, is he going to come back to being the same player he was two or three years ago? I don't have the slightest idea. Their corners were weak. You could run the ball on the Buffalo Bills last year. And the million-dollar question with my team, it's very simple. How many games are you getting out of Tua? If you tell me right now the Miami Dolphins get 13 or 14 games out of Tua and Armstead, but more importantly, forget about 13 or 14, are they going to have them come playoff time? then I think the Dolphins are legit. I think they can go and make serious noise in the postseason. Their weapons are outstanding. And I think you're going to see a major difference in their defense. Fangio is one of the best defensive coordinators, period, in the NFL. They were so, what's the word I'm looking for? Underwhelming. Yeah, underwhelming. They were underperforming with the talent that was on the Miami D. Now, they lost some guys in the secondary that hurt, obviously. They lose Jones in the safety the corner Jones is the witness protection program. He may never play football again. Um, and Howard, here's the one thing about Howard. Howard wasn't as good last year. The guy was basically playing with like a torn groin all year. He bucked it up. I give him credit for playing. He was not peak Xavier Howard. I expect their defense to be better. Number one, they're not going to be as beat up. It's impossible. There's, there's no way they're going to have as many injuries. And I just think, Fangio's ability to connect and coach. I think you like that pass rush, Chubb, Phillips, Sealer, Wilkins, and the Jets got something similar going on what they have on a defensive line. Those are going to be two of the best defensive lines in football, in my opinion. I think they're going to be outstanding. Yeah, look, they're, they this division has three or four of the 10 best defenses on paper, probably in the league. They have the elite of the elite of defensive coordinators or, you know, head coaches that are, you know, former defensive play callers. You know, you mentioned that, the, you know, with the Jets, and I just think it obviously comes down to how Rodgers is. If, you know, they get anything close to 2021, 2020, you know, the COVID MVP Rodgers, you know, those are generationally, like, those are some of the best years I've ever seen. If you look at those stats for that three-year run, it's incredible at 36, 37, 38. I really keep lo- looking back to two comps I've made with this Jets team. More what we're going to look at is the, is the Bucks with with Brady, right? They were super talented. It just really underwhelming. They turned the football over. Jameis, you know, the 30, 30, uh, 5,000 seasons uh, immortalized. And then you also look back, you know, obviously you can look at the Rams. I don't really look at it quite as much, but, you know, you even look at Rodgers where Tom left New England, looked horrible in that playoff game. They lost to a shitty Titans team, you know, get, uh, I don't know. I think it was Logan Ryan had a, you know, pick six Brady's last throw in New England. You're like, dude, this guy might be washed. And he was, I think, what, 42? Then comes out the next year, throws for 5,000 yards, easily could have won MVP, and they, you know, they won a Super Bowl. So that's kind of the model. I feel like the Jets are, let's bring in some veterans around our young core, got to beef up the offensive line. And can the Jets get, like, can they got those ro- young rookies, 
uh, from last year? Can they take the next step? Can Jermaine Johnson turn into like a really, really solid player? Or, you know, can Bruce Hall stay healthy for 16, 17 weeks? Can Garrett Wilson go from really fun rookie that's really awesome to, oh, he's in a Waddle, Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, Cup class. Because if he does that, this team is, you know, very dynamic. And the AFC is a juggernaut. You can make the argument three of the five best teams in the AFC, um, you know, come out of uh, come out of the AFC East. I wanted to, you know, kind of quickly touch on a couple of baseball things real quick before we let you get out of here and, uh, you know, do a little marathon training. I want to start with the Mets. Obviously, a lot of the Jets fan base, as you know, uh, is dire Mets guys. I would be a little concerned. I know it's week one. I know it's a long season. But normally, veteran pitchers like a Max Scherzer look awesome early on in the year, and then they kind of wilter as the season goes on. He doesn't look good at all. And I know the pitch clock thing, he's bitched and moaned about a bunch, which at some point, dude, get over it. Like you make $40 million a year, throw the ball faster. Craig Kimball figured it out last night, although he got shelled a little bit. Um, what do you make of this mess team? I still feel like they're a bat short, and I still feel like they need Verlander and Scherzer to be at least 80%, 90% of their back of their baseball card to you know win a title. I think you nailed the two concerns I have right now at the moment. Number one, they are a power bat short. And I know Alonzo, as we speak right now, hit two home runs today, and he has to be a guy that hits 35 to 45 bombs in order for the Mets to have the regular season that they want. But they realized, Will, that they were a power bat short. They made the push for Correa. And I'm not killing the Mets for that deal not getting done because clearly they have people smarter than me and you looking at medicals. And the San Francisco Giants were in the same boat looking at Carlos Correa's medicals where they're like, hey, guys, this is not a wise and practical decision to go and give this sort of player 10 or 11 years. But for the 2023 season, they are a power bat short. Is that coming from the minor leagues? Is that Brett Beatty down the road? Is that Francisco Alvarez down the road? I don't know. But they need another power bat in this lineup because as good as they were last year, putting the ball in play, getting the clutch hit, getting the two-out hit, that's tough to equate back-to-back years, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of fortune. There's a lot of luck. There's a lot of unpredictability when it comes down to that. So you can't can't necessarily assume, oh, we're going to be just as good as we were with RISP because I, I think there is some faction of luck involved with that. And when it comes to Scherzer, look, I don't want to get nuts after two starts, but here's the issue. This is not Max Scherzer when he's 25, 30 years old. We're talking about a pitcher who's pushing 40. And what I would watch for, Will, forget about the performance, the velocity. If the velocity over the next month is down, that changes things here. You know, it's early in the year. Maybe he's building up his arm a little bit slower so he can withstand stuff that has hurt him. Last two years, Dodgers broke down in the playoffs. Mets broke down stunk regular season stunk in the playoffs so maybe maybe he's trying to like ease up the ramping up process to have these starts now so that way come september and october he's better if by the middle of may his velocity is what it is right now and he's pitching like this sounding alarm i'm not there yet with scherzer but that's what i want to watch for that velocity and that build up of velocity is something to say it's something that, you know, before touching the Yankees, the thing with the Mets is, look, as much as we all love David Robertson, we, you know, got to watch him pitch, even though he sucked in 2017 in the playoffs after game one. Um, they got to score more runs. You don't want to be in three, to, you don't want to be in a three to two situation game over game because the Mets got elite generational closer performance last year that won you a lot of games where 
you know, the Yankees got bit by it last year. Although, of course, overall, this Chapman throws 104 miles an hour again and throws strikes. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. I want to hit on the Yankees. Two things with the Yankees quickly. One, yesterday, I don't want to overreact. Again, it's the first week of the baseball season. You get excited. You want to, you know, overreact to stuff. Yesterday, I was so excited the first four games of the year. Yeah, first four games, I'm like, this is a new team. I feel like there's a little bit of a new dynamic. They basically threw a game yesterday, starting Donaldson, Hicks, IKF. Even they start throw Higgy in there, Herman. We're just throwing shit at the fan, right? Like, it's like, let's just throw out all the guys the fan base can't stand against, you know, the reigning NFL, you know, the, the uh, you know, actually champs. I just felt like, what do we, like, what? It just felt like last year all over again. And again, they go out and win today. Cole's been tremendous. A guy who's not ramping it up. He is rare to go. He, you know, Cy Young, I feel like is very much, uh, you know, up for consideration this year with Cole. I feel like he's going to have a monster year. Am I able to run overreact a little bit? Of like, we're still just trotting out. It's like last year, like, might as well trade for Joey Gallo and like run him out instead of uh, when you want to give Stanton a day off. Like, it's a little frustrating, no? I totally get that. It's going to be a frustration of fans way too often, Will. And yeah, when you see Donaldson Hicks and IKF in the lineup, it's going to drive you to drink. Um, here's my defense, though. It's a long season. A long, 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 long season. So, guy like Anthony Rizzo, I need him right at the end of the year. So, like, he's not 25. Or, I get a lot more annoyed about the younger player getting day off than I do the older guy. You know what I mean? Like, Rizzo at this stage in his career, you want to give him a couple of blows here. You want to make sure the back and, you know, the body is wearing it. Fine. No problem there. Well, maybe same sort of deal. Like, he, he's a guy that's going to need some maintenance, I think, over the course of this year. You know who doesn't need maintenance? A guy like Gleyber Torres. Like, Gleyber Torres needs to play. Anthony Volpe needs to play. The younger guys on this team. Judge. Uh, you know what? Judge has played the last couple of years. You want to give him an off day? Put him at the DH, for goodness sakes. These are the guys, though, that I'm always going to kill the Yankees on when they are not in the lineup, when they're humming. Because then it's like, what are we doing here? That doesn't make sense. Yankees right now, remember, no Bader. Big loss. Hopefully he's back soon. Severino. Big loss. Rodone, big loss. So for them to get off to a fast start without a lot of those guys, I think is really going to set them up to hit the ground running. And unfortunately for them, though, Will, it don't matter what you do in the regular season anymore. They've done that. They've won divisions. They've been in the playoffs each of the last five or six years. Can they get to a World Series? And I, I hate putting it that way because we got 150 something games left you and i are going to get nuts going into regular season we love why i love watching regular season baseball especially now with this pitch clock where these games are done quick they flow fantastically it's amazing but the yankees will be judged on what they do in october it's all that matters it's all that matters but for this group that's all that matters they can win 110 games means nothing if they lose in the postseason they can win 88 games if they get hot and they win at the right time that's all that matters. Yeah, look, I, I think, um, you know, you point to something there. I do think get them trying to get home field. I know we talked a lot about last year, kind of flipped. They played the Astros, I believe it was in June. And they split, but, like, the Astros just looked so much better than them. At, you know, the Yankees got a little lucky. And then they took it to another cost. level in the postseason. And they where absolutely it was like they didn't belong them. on the same field. But they've played them, you know, last three times in the playoffs, and they always start, they lose game one and game two, and they're already in a hole. And, you know, or they won, I guess, 2019, I guess they split, um, you know, and then got shelled in game three. But I, I do think getting a, having a good regular season, but 
play John Carlos Stanton in the field. It's he likes playing the field. He's literally been vocal. Like I don't get hurt when I play the field. And then like, no, let's DH you. And then he gets hurt. It's crazy how, uh, you know, that works. One question, one last question, the Yankees catcher. I know this is a position like Austin Wells feels like he's probably close, but not close enough yet as a prospect. I know Trevi had the home run today. I literally don't think I've seen Trevi have a hit in person or watching in like the last six months. I feel like after the first half of the year, he just totally fell off a cliff to be expected. He was not a full You missed the home run today, though. I know. He had a home run today, which was there nice. There you go. Was like, uh, maybe that'll get him going. First time in 50 games. Um, I know they like the defensive catcher back there. And at the end of the day, it's one bat in the lineup if you have one semi-automatic out. Are you concerned at all, though, and like when it comes to playoff time? They basically have a dud hitting-wise at catcher, and it, it does – it is tough. It felt like last year, a couple key at bats, the Guardians series, the Astros series. It's like we need some. I know, although I guess Gary Sanchez is a hitting catcher and he came from the playoffs. And yeah, see, that's my fail. thing. Will, unless you have Riamuto, unless you have Will Smith, there aren't a whole lot of guys like that out there. And listen, when you have a youngster who's hitting, I get the appeal, but you do have to equate for the difference a quality defensive catcher can have on a pitching staff and the job they do with the pitching staff. You know what makes it more important, though? you got to have a bat on the bench at the end of these games for, all right, that catcher spot comes up in the seventh to the eighth inning. Who are we sending up to go and be that guy? They wanted to be Carpenter last year, but he was all screwed up with his foot. His timing it was nowhere close to where it was because he missed eight weeks. What do you expect out of the poor guy, for goodness sakes? That, to me, is what... I'm looking for get me a bat and who knows who that guy might be. It might be a revolving door of who's not playing. It might be someone who's not on the roster currently, but somebody who could come in, pinch it, big spots and be a difference maker. Yeah. Um, last question here. Obviously we have playoff basketball coming up in the next couple of weeks. Mikhail Bridges might just be as good as Kevin Durant at this point. Honestly, the Nets might've hit a home run. Although I know no one wants to hear about the Nets. I will say, I think they will steal a game or two out of Philly. I just think, they play them really tough all year. Philly's going to come in, think they're going to cakewalk. James Harden's a disaster in the playoffs. I know the Sixers are going to win that series, but it does feel like uh, the Nets may you know push them a little bit more than than people are going to give it credit. That's not going to be a sweep. The Knicks, Knicks-Cavs is obviously going to be super exciting. Donovan Mitchell getting to come home and, and play against the Knicks after all the drama over the summer. Do you are you fully? Would it be disappointing for you if the Knicks don't you know get to round two? Because I know the Cavs are a good team. The Knicks had a nice year. I know the Randall stuff's a little questionable and there's all this different stuff, but it does feel like after the performance in what, 21, it just feels like they kind of need, they kind of need to get out of round one. I just, I feel like it'd be a big step for this organization, not just be a playoff team, but it'd be a team that can push a team in a round two. I agree with that. I think it would make it a slam dunk of the year if they could get to the second round. I'm not going to say it's a bitter disappointment. Here's what I would say. Well, they have to play well in this series. They go and lose the seven-game series to the Cavs, and it's hard fought. It's back and forth, and you you lose a tough game seven. I could accept that. It's going to suck, but I can accept that. If they go out in five the way they did against Atlanta, where, let's be real, game one, they was a heartbreaker. Game two, they win. The rest of the series, they got smoked. They were not in any of those games. They were non-competitive. Atlanta looked like and was the much better team. That's going to upset me. Minimum, you got to give me a competitive six-game series. Can I ask for that? I think I think it's fair. I think it's fair to to expect a team that's got a bunch of really high bunch of high draft picks, bunch of uh, you know bunch of players you expect a lot out of. They have a coach that 
you know, you expect a lot out of. So I, in the garden's going to be buzzing, I think. Um, that cle- I, I just don't. I got a series price good. for you, by the way. Someone's standing in my way. What? The what Knicks Cavalier series price at the moment. If you Somebody's literally sent it to me, so I wanted to reference this. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this – it probably is factoring Randall being hurt. Cavs are a two-to-one favor. That's what I mean by the idea of saying, oh, is it a bitter disappointment if they lose this series? When you're a two-to-one dog in the series, basically, Vegas is kind of telling you what the expectation is. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. like, that's why I have a Nick fans like, oh, what an awful year. We lost in six to seven of the Cavaliers. Well, Vegas would disagree with you on yeah, that. Vegas thinks say. Cleveland is a better team. Now, I also think that number is a little inflated because of Julius Randle. I think if Julius Randle was right, I think Cleveland's in the 140, 150 range. You might. Yeah. I just, yeah, that that feels high to me. But again, we don't really know. And the way RJ Barrett's been playing, good luck. Uh, good luck. And good luck this summer getting any value you would have gotten a year ago. Obviously, um, you know, if you want to hear more on pretty much every single one of these topics, you know, um, make sure you guys are tuning into New York, New York. Say, I, Humbly would say it's a must listen. Um, it's a must listen for me. It's a must listen for a lot of people that, that do a lot of the same stuff JJ does. We all kind of like to, you know, like to tune in and, um, you know, appreciate taking some time and glad you're a little bit more rested and, you know, got a half marathon to train for. You know, well, listen, appreciate a couple of minutes. I uh, look forward to having you on mine right after the draft. We'll take care of that. We'll see. Hopefully there's some resolution with this Rogers stuff. I mean, I actually have now gotten a point and I know your pod's a little different than mine because you guys are doing wall wall jets here. I'm like at the point now where I'm like, I- I'm over talking about There's nothing this. to talk about. You just what repeat the same thing. Say? It's in limbo. We're in a holding pattern here. Wake <laughs> me up when there's some news and I'll be more than happy to react to it. But <laughs> we'll have some fun. I look forward to having you on after yeah. the draft and uh, continued success. All right, Thanks, dude? man. I appreciate it.